재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Well, last Saturday, Australia's national election saw polls close with no party clearly possessing a 76-seat parliamentary majority, which would be necessary to form a government, and it raises the prospect of a hung parliament. So to get some political analysis on this, very pleased to have joining us from the Department of Politics and Public Policy at Flinders University, Professor Hayden Manning. Hello. Good evening. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. I just want to first start off and get your thoughts on this uh, election result um, for the listeners here in South Korea. Why was there no clear mandate given to one political party or entity? Well, it's very interesting because the Prime Minister announced this election eight weeks ago. The campaign began. It's the longest in our history. He did so believing, as um, I guess you could draw an analogy Prime Minister Cameron in Britain believed recently over a particular vote, I know you're discussing Hmm. Brexit, confidently. However, as we know, campaigns matter. And during this campaign period, he effectively failed to campaign effectively. That's that's the essence of it. It's all about effectiveness. Hmm. And he failed to maintain the momentum required to convince the base of the Liberal Party to stick by him and, of course, that growing number of swinging voters who, some would argue, represent about 30 to 40% of the Australian voting population. But the other side of the coin, the Labor Party, the opponents, ran a very successful negative attack late in the campaign period when they accused the government of having a plan to privatise the national health system called Medicare. Mm. Now, frankly, that was a fair distortion of the truth. I mean, the Prime Minister came out and said it's an outright lie. However, they failed to counter that attack, and and that's being now identified by um, the Prime Minister and many commentators as a key point in the campaign, that negative attack. And the fact that the coalition, Mr Turnbull's coalition, didn't really run a particularly negative campaign so there's, there's some sense of what led to the coalition losing its large majority and finding itself late on Saturday evening without a majority. However, today the tide has turned as the Australian Electoral Commission has counted many of what are called uh, postal votes uh, that are done over the last fortnight. Australians are allowed to both attend the polling booth or to do a postal vote And the tide is turning back toward the government. So right at this point in time, the government has a chance to get to that key figure of 76 cents, 76 seats. But I wouldn't wouldn't bank on it. It's just very, very close, and it may well take another four or five days to to become certain about that. So as it stands right now, uh, if you're counting some of the postal votes, I I suppose it would be... uh, Absentee votes for uh, Absentee other countries. Absentee votes, postal votes, right. that's right. Okay, then we have a chance that we will see the government uh, maintain power and have that uh, 76-seat threshold met. Yes. Are, are, as it stands right now, is this an unprecedented political situation in Australia? No, it's actually very much akin to what happened only um, six years ago mm. in 2010 when the Labor Party uh, effectively lost its majority um, after winning the previous election with a healthy majority, it it managed to scupper that entire majority in one term, primarily because they replaced the Prime Minister who took them to office, Kevin Rudd. 
And of course, as you well know, um, Mr Turnbull replaced only eight months ago Mr Abbott, who mm -hmm. led the coalition to government three years ago. So the certain lesson in replacing your leader that the Australian public, um, the voters, do not take a particularly good view of that. So, look, in many respects, it's a, it's a touch deja vu to find a government um, squander a large majority in one term. And it's certainly, uh, and if you, I guess, make it very simplistic and just broadly look at, let's say, left and right or labor and yes. conservative, uh, it feels like... Um, there is not a strong mandate. I wouldn't term it necessarily apathy among the the electorate, but that there is no sense that there is a, a I guess, a passion or an argument either way. And and I guess what does that imply for Quite the right. nation's policies going forward? Well, many economists, including the heads of Treasury and finance in this nation, and some of the leading economic commentators in the media and I will include myself as a political scientist, are worried about the nation's growing debt and deficit and the capacity for the Australian people to realise that they're either going to have to pay more taxes or accept cutbacks and services. And the, you're getting at the very nub of the matter. This election result has no appetite for either of those mm. particular, albeit difficult, options for government. So the net result is the new parliament will probably not address adequately at all either tax increases or, or cuts to expenditure. Australia's national debt and, of course, all the associated interest payments will increase. There has been a number of headlines of late about Australia losing its AAA credit rating. Uh, at the moment, you, you, you would probably be safe in betting on that will transpire in the next year or two. I, I hope it doesn't, but it's hard to see that not happen given the incapacity for government to be able to carry the people on a difficult set of policy mm. issues and, and certainly cutting services or raising tax. It doesn't get any more difficult for that for a government. I know that this is impossible to necessarily predict uh, either way, but do you foresee more political instability? Do you see perhaps new elections in the midterm? Yes, good question. The other point to make quickly in relationship to that is the, the vote for other parties and minor parties is at a record high. So if you were to combine the coalition and the Labor Party vote, it dropped to the lowest level um, post-World War II, so to 77% combined, meaning you've got a, a good third of the electorate have gone to other minor parties. Now, the Australian Greens stand out there, but uh, you'll soon be learning more about it across Asia. One woman... Pauline Hanson, who has the One Nation Party, a right-wing, anti-immigration, anti-foreign investment party, has returned to the parliament, had a remarkable vote. I must say, I, like many, didn't quite see that coming. Mm. She will be elected to the Senate, possibly another couple of um, senators to join her. Um, but overall, the vote across the nation for uh, One Nation was strong, plus a host of other minor parties. So it does point to a grand problem for the major parties be it Labor or coalition parties, to convince the Australian people that they're to be trusted with government and trusted, with, really, with leadership on difficult policy questions. does seem difficult indeed. Professor Manning, we are going to have to leave it there, but thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. That's a pleasure. Professor Hayden Manning from Flinders University. We've got Seoul City News up next.